0: At the end of 2011, there was an ad that came out on YouTube intended for the Swedish public, people in Sweden. At first glance, it seemed to be a commercial for a high quality, smooth liquor from a company called Tamen, Sophisticated drink for a sophisticated drinker. But about halfway through, the true nature of the ad is revealed. Take a listen. For six generations, the house of Taman has created an exceptionally smooth experience. It comes from carefully selected ingredients and the purest spring water. Taman, smoothness in a bottle. But there's more than smoothness. In Sweden, for example, one in five children suffer because their mum or dad drinks too much. Eight out of ten acts of violence in public places are alcohol related. And more than 320,000 Swedes are addicted to alcohol. Now, how smooth is that? As it turned out, Tayman isn't even actually a brand of alcohol. It's made up. It was made up by System Balaget, a government-owned alcohol retailer that aims to, and I'm quoting, minimize alcohol-related problems by selling alcohol in a responsible way, without profit motive. In a really catchy way, System Balaget's ad captures attention surrounding alcohol that's familiar not just to the Swedish people, but to Americans as well. And it's this, how should we think about, talk about and consume something that is simultaneously glorified and vilified? Enjoying a can of beer or a glass of wine or a shot of something else is cool to us while at the same time, the stories of broken people, fractured families flowing from alcohol consumption abound. So what's the solution? A minority of people would say that prohibition is the answer. Too many alcohol problems, so let's just stop drinking. The majority would argue that education and good habits are the answer. We need to drink responsibly. I think that's the answer System answer Balagat is presenting. Is that the right answer for Christians? Well, I actually think we need to back up. Maybe the question they're asking how should we think about, talk about, and consume something that is simultaneously glorified and vilified, is the wrong question for Christians to ask. It's not that System Belagets commercial is a bad idea. It would, indeed, be better for all if we could reduce or even eliminate alcohol-related problems. It's just that their point of view is not the Christian point of view. That means, as Christians, we need to ask ourselves, a different question when it comes to alcohol. So, what should we ask? Welcome to the seventh episode of Season Two. Of breadcrumbs, our youth ministry podcast at Bread of Life Church. I'm Jason Lowe, the youth minister at Bread of Life. This season we are talking about the theme sacred versus secular. When we label certain activities as sacred or as secular, have we really considered how that influences the way we see the world? Have we thought about how it might hinder our faith? Is it even right or accurate to use such labels? This month we ask the question, How should we think about, talk about, and consume alcohol to the glory of God? And that's the question that I think that Christians need to ask when it comes to alcohol. Now, one answer to this question is that Christians should not drink alcohol at all. The abundance of problems associated with alcohol are enough to consider drinking wrong, and that any serious Christian should not drink. Another says that there's no law against drinking in the Bible, just drunkenness. So we have freedom in Jesus to drink if we want to. But both of these answers are actually answering a different question. They're not answering, how should we think about, talk about, and consume alcohol to the glory of God? They're answering the question, is it okay for Christians to drink or not? If I'm a Christian, is it permissible morally justified for me to drink alcohol? The answer to this question is quite simple. There is, in fact, no law against drinking alcohol. As many discussing the issue have pointed out, Jesus turned water into wine. And at the Last Supper, Jesus took a cup of wine and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. The Bible doesn't encourage drinking alcohol, but It also does not prohibit it. Drinking alcohol is not wrong. But is that all there is to the matter? It is if we're asking, is it okay for a Christian to drink? But that's not what we're asking. We're asking, how should we think about, talk about, and consume alcohol to the glory of God? To answer that question, let's look at a handful of verses that give us a sense of what the Bible says about drunkenness. In Genesis chapter 9, verse 31, we read, When he drank some of its wine, he became drunk and lay uncovered inside his tent. This, if you recall, is not Noah's finest moment. After escaping the flood and the ark, he gets himself drunk and passes out in his tent naked. It's a shameful moment for one of the Bible's righteous men. In Proverbs chapter 23, verses 19 to 21, we read, Listen, my son, and be wise, and set your heart on the right path. Do not join those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat, for drunkards and gluttons become poor, and drowsiness clothes them in rags. Here, the wisdom of Proverbs offers warning to keep away from those who get drunk, to insulate yourself from their financial fate. It's not saying that everyone who gets drunk is poor, but that there is a connection between drinking too much and financial ruin. If we hop over to the New Testament, in Luke chapter 21, verse 34, we read, Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life, and that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. This statement from Jesus is a powerful one partying getting drunk and worrying just about this life will keep you from being ready for jesus to return and for the final judgment in other words living for today as if today is all you have including getting drunk will leave you naked and ashamed when it's time for the end and finally out of the epistles 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 3, Peter writes, For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. Here Peter associates drunkenness with things that people who have no relationship with God, that's what they do. Now, these four passages, along with many others, they give us a pretty clear message about drunkenness. It's a path of ruin for today, and it jeopardizes tomorrow. Put it simply, it's wrong. Don't do it. You see, the Bible lays out natural consequences of drunkenness, shame, financial ruin, not to mention broken relationships and families. And it also lays out the spiritual impact. Being unprepared for the end and having no place in God's kingdom. Getting drunk is a serious thing in the Bible. So let's come back to our question. How should we think about, talk about, and consume alcohol to the glory of God? Do you see how this question is different? If we ask this question, we cannot say that drinking is wrong because God has not said it is wrong. But we also cannot abuse our freedom in Christ, because how we as Christians relate to alcohol will say something about who our Lord is. A testimony to the people around us, to ourselves, and most importantly, to God. As I said in the beginning, we live in a culture that glorifies drinking. Being drunk is fun. It's funny. It's often the goal of drinking. A party is not a party if the alcohol isn't abundant and people aren't getting wasted. Strangely, we have commercials and marketing campaigns to warn of the consequences of getting drunk, and those whose drunkenness hurts those around them are terrible villains in our society. Somehow, we encourage people to impair themselves with alcohol, get drunk, have fun, but then we villainize them when their impairment leads to destructive choices. But instead of trying to figure out how we fit into the tension of our culture, we need to think differently. To drink or not to the glory of God means that you and I adopt an approach to alcohol that embodies God's truth more than anything else. If you decide that you will abstain from drinking, be clear that you do not abstain because it is the holier choice to make. Guard yourself against the danger of legalism that will surely encourage you to look down on Christians who do drink. If you decide to drink alcohol, be clear that drunkenness and its effects cannot be disconnected from drinking. Each time you drink, you put yourself in danger of drinking too much and bringing shame on yourself and on the name of the God you belong to. To help think through this, I'll offer a few thoughts to consider for those who do, when they're of age, decide to drink. But before I do that, I want to leave you with two passages. The first is, is a warning. And the second is, I think, both the commandment and an encouragement. First, 2 Corinthians 5.11. Paul writes, But now I am writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister, but is sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater or slanderer, a drunkard or swindler, Do not even eat with such people. It's a powerful warning. That all of these things, including drinking alcohol to the point of drunkenness, has no place amongst God's people. It doesn't belong in God's kingdom. And then second, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31. So, Whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. If you decide to drink alcohol, or if you decide not to, our whole lives and the choices that are before us, the choices that we make, the ways that we approach or think about something like alcohol, should ultimately be for the glory of God. That's our first priority. As promised, here are a few takeaways from our discussion. First, our legal drinking age is 21. To drink before that doesn't relate to our Christian approach to alcohol, but it does violate our Christian approach to human government and national laws. Don't do it. Second, drinking alcohol is not wrong. To equate it with sin pushes us into a legalism that is dangerous for our souls. You can be a Christian and drink alcohol. Third, drunkenness is wrong. The Bible is clear about it. Consuming alcohol to the point of intoxication is something that a Christian should never do. Fourth, our culture treats alcohol as a means to drunkenness. We drink to get drunk. This is the mentality for many we might socially drink with. I remember when I was in college, there were students on my floor who would go out and party. But before they would go out and party, which inevitably included a lot of drinking, they would have alcohol in their dorm room, alcohol they'd snuck in, and they would drink in their rooms before going out so that they could get a little bit drunk before drinking some more. And this is a dangerous place to find yourself, because in that place, one drink is not enough. If you only drink one drink, you'll be in the minority, and you'll hear about it. And fifth, ask yourself what your motivation to drink is. Yes, as a Christian, you can drink, but take care that this reality doesn't act as a license to be like the rest of the world laughing and partying with little control over themselves. If you drink, as Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 10.31, drink to the glory of God. Thanks for joining us this episode of Breadcrumbs. See you next month.